So today's message is a little bit different, but probably not unusual, and that's the title of it is Worry or Worship. Worry or Worship. And we have that choice. You have that choice. What are you going to do in this time? Are you going to worry? Or are you going to worship the king? So that's pretty much what today's message is going to be about. Even though we aren't together physically, the church is tuning in to broadcasts all over the world. And it was pretty cool Friday. We had a, a gathered prayer on the assemblies of God, or through the assemblies of God. And we had people uh, tuning in, praying with us from the Philippines, from Africa, from Poland, from all over the world. And it was just amazing. And it, it made me realize that the church is worldwide. And I think that's pretty cool. God is all over the place on this planet. But recognize that you are the church. The church is not a building. It's not where I'm standing right now. You are the church, capital C. I recently saw a t-shirt that said, the church has left the building. I think I want to get one of those because that's pretty much what this virus, if you will, is, is causing. It's causing the church to be out there. And you might say, well, not really. I'm stuck in my home, but you're still out there, all right? We're not here. And you still have neighbors. You still have friends that you can look in on or call and, and make sure that they're doing all right. And you should do that, by the way. Be the church today. Uh, take care of your neighbors. Take care of your brothers and sisters in the Lord and uh, live for Jesus as we approach these last days. And remember this, it doesn't matter where you're having church today. In your living room, maybe in your pajamas. The spiritual environment is being created by you. You determine whether or not God's going to show up in your house or not. So invite the Lord right now into your homes. Just say, Lord, come in and let him minister to you today as only he can. And before I, I really begin my message, I wanted to say this. If you stay with me all the way to the end, I have a special surprise for you. It's a, it's a little clip, about eight minutes long. It's, it's funny, and it will cheer you up. So don't go away at the end of this message. Uh, stay with us that long, and I think you're going to really enjoy that skit. I'll tell you a little bit more about it at the end. Last week, I was talking to Tom Mazell on the phone, and he's one of the saints here at the Hope. And while I was talking to him, I, I heard this soothing voice come on, chime in in the background, and it said this, it said, don't focus on the burden, focus on the blessing. Don't focus on the burden, focus on the blessing. And it, I just kind of went, huh, what was that? And Tom goes, oh, I programmed Alexa to tell me that every hour. And I went, you got to be kidding me. I said, how cool is that? Alexa reminding you not to focus on the burden, but to give the credit to God himself and his blessings. I thought that was pretty neat. And I believe that same thing rings true for all of us today. We need to focus on the blessings of God and not the burdens. Amen? We need to focus on the good news of Jesus and not the bad news. How many know that there's enough bad news out there? We need to focus on the healing power of God and not the sickness or the disease that seems to be all around us. After hearing what Alexa said to Tom, I was quickened in my spirit 
that this is what the Lord wanted me to preach this week. Too often, we, the Christians, we find ourselves in trouble or in difficult circumstances. And instead of trusting the Lord, we kind of lose our marbles, we, we lose our heads, and we forget who we serve. This virus did not take God by surprise. He knew this was coming, and he's got this, all right? God's got this, and instead of a pity party, we should be putting up a praise party for him. What? That's right, you heard me right. We should be putting up a praise party for the Lord. He won't bless a pity party. But He will bless a praise party. If we'll just keep our heads on and trust Him and show Him that He is our God. You do that by giving Him the praise during difficult times. See, it's easy to praise Him when everything's going well. But what do you do when it's not going so well? What do you do when you're stuck in your home with all your children and you've been there all week long and you're like, ah! You praise Him. You lift up the name of the Lord. While many are focused on the virus, the Lord wants the church to focus on Him. He's saying to the church, and, and this is a quote I felt came to me in the Spirit, Worship me instead of worshiping worry. Worship me instead of worshiping worry. Trust me instead of toiling in disbelief over toilet paper. And I felt like God said, I've got this. Give it the burden to me. I've got this, the Lord said. Give the burden to me. And listen, if, if you're struggling with this, Read Matthew chapter 6 and, and all the way to the end of that, that chapter because it gives you a little bit of a to-do thing at the end. We need to trust God. As believers, that's what we're called to do. He's got this. Can I hear a good amen? This idea was confirmed to me again as I was uh, reading a couple of articles this week and, and one of them came from our general superintendent, Doug Clay. And he, he said this, he said, Worship is our weapon against worry. Worship is our weapon against worry. He said, you can't worry and worship at the same time. That's, that's a good point. You cannot worship God and worry at the same time. So you're going to do one or the other. And that was... I actually had this title before I read this, so how cool is that? I thought that was just confirmation that the Lord was saying, you got this today, Pastor Norm. Doug went on to say, uh, he actually quoted Mark Batterson, a, a, a famous author and writer. He said, worship, I've got this up behind me, worship reminds God of who He is. That might sound funny, but it's true. When you Repeat the promises of God. You're reminding him that he said that. Does he need to be reminded? Not really. We're really reminding ourselves of what God said, but just bear with me. Worship reminds God of who he is. Second, worship reminds Satan of who he was. <laughs> he's going to try to convince you. He's still all that, but he's not. We are more than conquerors, right? Church, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Third, worship reminds us of who we are becoming. Hopefully, we're becoming victorious. Because that's what the world needs to see today. They need to see that we aren't losing our marbles like everybody else. We aren't running out buying six tons of toilet paper to get us through for the next few weeks. We're trusting, look, do what you have to do, but don't hoard. Worship reminds us of who we're becoming. Can I get a good amen this morning from your living rooms? Hallelujah. I asked the Lord for an example of this, and and I immediately felt the Holy Spirit took me to uh, Acts chapter 16, and you're probably familiar with this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but what I wanted to say this morning was quick. Paul and Silas were, were walking through the streets, and everywhere they went, this lady kept following them, And while they were walking through the streets, she kept yelling out things like, These men worship the king. These men will tell you how to get saved. And and her voice probably didn't sound like that, but that's what I came up with. And eventually, Paul kind of got like, What? Hey, Silas, you bit, bit fed up with this girl following us like this? Yeah, what's up with that? So what did what did Paul finally do? He said, you know what? I'm praying for her. And he cast the demon out of this lady. That's what was driving her. Now here's the thing. This woman was making money for her master because she could tell things that were to come. And after Paul delivered her from this demonic presence, she could no longer do that. So he realized he was going to go broke and he'd have to actually go get a job. He didn't like that. So what did he do? He and some of his buddies grabbed Paul and Silas, took them into the town square, and began to beat the tar out of them. And then they threw them into jail. I wanted to pick up with verse 23. I've got it behind me or on the bottom of your screen. Acts 16, 23 and following, and this is the TNIV. It says, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in stocks. So basically those dudes were were standing there, these two apostles were standing there, chained to a wall and they couldn't move. How fun is that? You think you got it bad, stuck in your living room with all your accommodations there. You know, you can actually stop right now, go get a coffee, use the restroom. I won't even know it. But they couldn't. Where did they go to the bathroom? Well, we won't talk about that, but you can picture it. That's right. Verse 25. About midnight. That's late. I don't usually make it that late, but once in a while. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. How cool is that? These two men were in probably one of the toughest periods of their life. And instead of having this pity party, they began to pray and praise the Lord. And the other prisoners were listening. This is the cool part. Everybody's listening to what the church is doing right now. So if we're positive, and if we keep directing people up, eventually they're going to catch this message. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. 
And once all the prison doors flew open, at once, I'm sorry, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I would have loved to have been there to see that. It was dark in there. I'm certain they didn't, they didn't have LED lights. There might have been one lamp burning somewhere in that place, but I'm positive it was dark. So when you heard those chains hit the floor, that was a sound no jailer ever wants to hear because his life depended on securing those prisoners and keeping them secured. And when he heard the chains come off, he freaked out because he thought it was going to mean the death of he and his family. He was very worried. But I want you to catch this. Paul and Silas were delivered from their prison chains as a direct result of their worshiping God through prayer and through praise. I already said this, but instead of pouting and questioning, why did God let this happen to me? They worshiped him, they praised, and they prayed to him. And what happened? The chains fell off. They were set free. God used this opportunity to bring glory to his name. Now some of you today are under some form of house arrest. You're, you're under a 14-day quarantine, perhaps. Most of us are restrained right now in our homes. I'm not because I'm up here preaching live stream, but you are. If you think about it, your home, in a sense, is you're chained. You are chained to your house until the government releases us or says it's okay to go out and play again. But what if? What if, like Paul and Silas, we believers who are confined in our homes, what if we were to trust God in this situation and begin praying to Him and praising His holy name through worshipful acts? Do you think that the Lord could free us like He did the apostles? Do you believe that in your heart? I believe He could. And I believe that He would. So it's time. Let's worship God in faith and in trust, believing that he's got this. Let's not wallow in self-pity anymore. Instead, let's start worshiping our king. Do you think he deserves it? Do you really believe that he's able to set you and me free from this virus and from any other disease that might come knocking at our door? I believe that he is. What happened next was amazing. And I love this part. It's found in the rest of the, the chapter here. The jailer came to Christ. How cool is that? First he was worried about dying, and then he gave his life. He died for Christ right there. He said, what must I do to be saved? Second, the jailer's family came to Christ. How cool is that? His whole household was saved. You know what? When we do what God challenges us to do, people are going to get born again. Because they want what you have. They see the power of God working in us, and they too realize there's only one way. That's through Jesus. And then third, the leaders of the town came and they let Paul and Silas go. There's a little bit more to it there, but I don't need to go into that. It's not 
appropriate for what I'm talking about here today. So Paul and Silas were freed as a result of their praise and their worship. Now realize, they went through some stuff. They got beat up, all right? They suffered. They were chained to a wall. They, they, they suffered that indignity. But in the end, God received the glory. When God moves on behalf of his people, a lot of good things end up happening. What ignited the move of God here? Do you have an answer for that? Talking about it, what, what ignited the move of God here? Praise and prayer. Here's the beauty of this. You, can, you don't need to be in a church building to be praying and praising God. You can be in your home, church, like you are. You can be praising and praying to God. You could form an altar right there, and he will honor that. Heads of the house, whether you're a male or female, listen to me. You single moms, lead. Be the priest of your home. Have your family get together on a regular basis and just begin to worship him. You can have communion together in your home. Just grab a little juice, a little bread or a cracker, it doesn't have to be a wafer like we have here at the church. And have communion. Worship God with your all. As I put this together this week, I subconsciously, and I remember doing it, I, I asked the Lord, I said, boy, it'd be cool if I could have an acronym for this. And he gave me one. And I'm calling it POP. Not pop goes the weasel, but pop, P-O-P, which stands for prayer, opportunity, and praise. Prayer, opportunity, and praise. So let's begin here. We need to pray to the Lord, and I want you to hear this. The devil wants you on your knees crying that you can't do this. God wants you on your knees stating by faith that he's already done this. And, and I was taken back quickly to Second uh, Chronicles 7, 14. You've probably heard this a gazillion times this week. If my people, God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear, heal their land. I love that. God wants to do that for us. And the first thing we need to do if we want to have that pop in our life is to pray. I shared this a week or two ago in one of my messages Luke 18.1 from the Amplified. And, and this is a, the widow who God used the analogy of a, an unjust judge. And this woman had an issue that she wanted judgment for it. And the judge wouldn't listen to her, but she kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And God used that as an example of how we're to pray. And this is what Jesus said in verse 1. He said, also... 
Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, meaning to faint, lose heart, or give up. Jesus gave us this parable so that we would understand that it's okay to come to God with our needs. And not just to come to Him, but to repeat that, repeat that, repeat that until we get judgment, until we hear from Him, until He does something on our behalf. When's the last time that you went into your bedroom or your prayer closet to pray and you stayed there until you heard from the Lord that's what he's asking us to do similar to this parable in Luke 18 go to him get on your faces get on your knees church and bombard heaven with your prayers and trust that God wants to answer those prayers He's looking forward to this time with Him. He's got us right where He wants us. He's got our focus right now, more than He ever has in a while. What are we going to do with this opportunity? Are you still with me? Can you say amen? Jesus is our example. Whenever He was about to do something in the supernatural, and I also shared this recently, Jesus spent time in prayer first. And, and I recently talked about what it means to pray. It, it simply means, in the basic sense of it, it simply means to talk to God. God wants you and me to talk to Him like never before. And like Jesus, we need to spend time with our Heavenly Father and get His heartbeat for this. And ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I be a benefit to my community, to my family, to my church, to all the people around me. And when we come to the Lord, like Jesus did, we need to lay these burdens on God. He doesn't expect you to carry them. In fact, Jesus said this, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. So trust that that's true. And give your burdens to Him. It's freeing. Once you've prayed, spend an equal amount of time listening. And this is something many of us don't do. We, we come in, we rush through our list, but we neglect that most important part where you hear from Him, where the Holy Spirit downloads what God wants you to see or hear. So do that. Give God the time of day. I hope you're hearing this. If we'll do this, and, and I was trying to think of a modern illustration. In my day, we, we used to have to tweak the, the radio <laughs> to tune in the frequency or the radio station we wanted. And sometimes it'd be right there or you'd almost get it and you'd turn it just a little bit and all of a sudden it'd just start blasting. You found it. Today it's digital, so I can't use that with you young people. But anyway, just know that it used to be like that. And once you got it locked in, man, it was jamming out in your car or wherever you were. It was kind of cool. I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, this is you. When you get in your prayer closet, when you tune in to me, once you lock that in, you can hear from me. And it'll be clear. You just have to listen. 
So do this. Prayer is not rocket science. <laughs> Too many of us act like it is. And understand that if Jesus felt prayer was necessary to move the hand of God in his life, for his life, how much more should you and I realize that we need it? We can't do anything on our own. Does that make sense? Are you, are you getting it? Last scripture under prayer, uh, the Apostle Paul said this to the Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Say that with me. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So this is a command that came from Jesus. We should always be doing this. Is it easy to rejoice in the times of trouble? No. Was it for Paul and Silas? No. But they did it anyway. And they prayed continually. And they gave thanks for the circumstances they were in. And God moved on their behalf. And I believe He'll do the same for us today. Point number two. Give God an opportunity to move in your life, just like Paul and Silas did. As they prayed, as they praised it gave God an opportunity to show up in a big way in that jail cell. And we saw what happened through that. Understand this first. By looking for an opportunity to serve, it'll keep your mind off all the stuff going on around you. Second, and I share this often, this is a mandate from Jesus. All right? We are called to be servants of the Most High God. We who want to be first must be last. Meaning, we need to be ready to serve our neighbors, our friends, our family, the community. Whatever we're called to do, that's what we should be doing right now. John 12, 26. Whoever serves me, Jesus said, must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also, ser my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So when you serve Jesus, the Father is going to honor that. That's good news. How many would agree with me? You want a blessing? Begin to serve others. And the Father will honor you for doing that. So the next question that should be apparent is, all right, Jesus said we're supposed to serve him. How do we do that? How do we serve Jesus? He tells us this in Matthew 25, 34 through 40. And I, I'm not going to read all this, all right? There, there's too much there. You could go back there and read it on your own. But what Jesus was saying was, whenever you serve someone other than yourself, you're serving God. We need to catch this. It can be in your home. Children, when you serve your parents, when you come to them and say, hey, can I get you a coffee or can I do the dishes? woo -hoo! wait a minute. <laughs> can I make the bed? Be ready for your parents to have a, a, a little bit of a taken back moment because they're probably not used to that. When you do this, you're serving God. 
That means, according to this passage, if you're feeding someone a meal, you're serving Jesus. And for some of you moms, God bless you. And dads, there are some of you dads who cook really well. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That means that if you're giving a cup of cold water to somebody or a cup of coffee, you're serving Jesus. That means that if, you're, if you found somebody that needed clothes who was cold and you, you took them clothes or you gave them your own clothes, you're serving Jesus. That means if you're looking after the sick, it may be in your own house. I hope you can do that without catching it, whatever. Or it may be your neighbor that you realize is sick and you take him some chicken noodle soup and, <laughs> you know. Or maybe you want to put it on a pole and hand it to him. I don't know. Keep that six foot distance. You're serving Jesus. Maybe you're going to visit somebody in prison or somebody that's homebound that can't get out. And a lot of our senior citizens right now are afraid to go out. So call them and say, hey, can I pick, I'm going to the, I have to go to the grocery store. Is there anything I can pick up for you? You're serving Jesus. Are you with me? If you serve others in any of these ways, and, and that's just a small list, Jesus said this in verse 40, The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, what you did for me. So if you serve others, you're doing it as unto the Lord, and He is going to honor you, and our Heavenly Father is going to bless you for doing that. I think this is pretty cool. So wrapping up this idea of opportunities, the, the middle part of pop, serve your community. You know, maybe that's delivering food or... Thank God for the food pantry, and they have been exceptionally busy this week. And the Salvation Army for all the things that they do, and, and yada, yada. Pray for them. Pray for our leaders, our mayor, our, our governor, our, our president, of course, and vice president, our senators, our congressmen and women. Pray for them. They need God's guidance right now. They need His wisdom. Pray for our, our leaders in the uh, uh, health care uh, community the nurses, the doctors, the folks that are delivering the blood, and so on. Listen, these folks are front line, and they can't walk away from it. And they need that protective hedge around them, and we can give that to them by praying for them. Can you say amen to that? Serve your community. Serve your family. And, and I already talked about this, but that means doing the dishes. Make your beds. Clean, your, clean, clean the windows. I mean... It's supposed to get nice next week. You know, some of the people, you might be from a, a warmer climate, but right here, it's cold today. But this next week, it's supposed to get up into the 50s. How many can shout amen to that? Whoo, it's about time. Open the windows when it does. And this is from the CDC. They said, air your ho house out as much as you can when that opportunity comes. So be ready for that. Serve your families, whether it's, Kids serving mom and dad or mom and dad serving kids. And, and mom and dad, you do that when you play those games with your kids. When you pray with them. When you sing with them. When you worship the king and show them how. You're serving them and you're serving your king. Hallelujah. Finally, 
Point number three, praise Him with thanksgiving. Ah, Easier said than done. I, I recognize that. And I found myself many times throughout my Christian life where I found myself almost in a pity party mode and I realized this is doing nothing fast. And I had to shake myself out of that and remind myself of what God's Word said. And I knew that if I could just stop pouting and get fastened on Him long enough, He would do something on my behalf. And that's what this means, to praise Him with thanksgiving. And it really goes back to that First Thessalonians Scripture I, I already shared, but rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. God wants to do that with you. God wants you to do this with Him and to Him. How do we praise the Lord with thanksgiving? Some like to sing. Some of us try to sing. Some of us sing a cappella. Some of us sing with music. Some of us like rap. Some of us like choruses. Some of us like hymns. Whatever. Float your boat. Worship the King. This is also a great time to praise the Lord in your heavenly language if, if you have that already. The gift of tongues. And by giving thanks to God, especially when you don't feel like it, <laughs> that's when you move the hand of God. It's when you don't feel like it and you do it that God shows up because He honors that brief sacrifice in your life. By faith, what you're really saying is this, even though the circumstances don't dictate this, I trust that you, O oh Lord, have my best interest in mind, and you're going to work this out for the good of those who love you. And, and that very familiar passage, Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. That's your God. That's what He wants from you. Um, again, recently I shared this testimony about my wife and I when we first went to Bible college and we needed to sell our house so we thought it was sold and then it didn't sell and we went on for five months and after the five month period God miraculously sold our house from the day that the man put the offer in on Monday by that, next, by that Friday five days later we had our money in our bank account from our escrow and, and I, I ask, I've got one realtor sitting here today, is that normal? A five-day offer to, to full, everything's done? No. Is, he's shaking his head, no, you can't see that, but I can. All right, Brian's right here, uh, one of our realtors in our church. And uh, I want you just to understand that although it happened in five days, it was five months of my wife and I praying and praising there wasn't a day that went by that that burden wasn't on our, our hearts because you can't just walk away from that. Every day you see your, your bank account going down a little more, a little more, a little more as you're making that payment. What we didn't realize is this was really setting us up or preparing us for what was to come when we were pastors. Lo and behold, we come up here, Gaylord, beautiful Gaylord, Michigan, to a church that was some $600,000 in debt. And we decided we were going to try to bring this church back to health. Easy enough, right? 
18 people that first Sunday morning. That's what we started with here at the Hope. We didn't care about that. Honestly, it didn't even rattle us. We're like, all right, God's got this. He called us to do this. He's going to do the rest. Well, fast forward, about a year and a half into this process, almost identical to what happened to us in our personal finance, my wife, who was at the time writing the checks for the church, she doesn't do that anymore, by the way. Uh, Now it's all done by others. The pastors don't touch the money here. But she wrote the very last check that we had in her bank account to pay the mortgage on the church. Sound familiar? (laughs) Almost identical. And the board, we had met that day, and the board got together and we prayed and we praised and we trusted that God was going to do this. And for some reason, I felt compelled to call our home church, our mother church at the time. They'd actually sent us here just to let them know, not to beg, not to say, hey, can you help us? But just to say, look, this is where we're at. I didn't want you to hear about it through the, the, the grapevine. But we're struggling and we've, we've got nothing left. We, everything's exhausted. And I called the man that was over us at the time. And he he says to me on the phone, and the whole board's in the room. He says, Norm, doggone it. He said, I wanted this to be a surprise. I said, what? He goes, well, he said, we sent a check out yesterday. You should get it tomorrow morning for $50,000. Well, I want to tell you something. They heard us in Lansing that night. And you think we weren't at that mailbox the next day? We were. And it was there, just like they said. Here's what I want you to get. God is not influenced by our timing. But he knew that we were going to turn to him. He knew that we were going to pray to him and praise him. And we did. And he showed up. He used that opportunity to take care of our needs. And we, we haven't struggled like that since. All right, Our church is right side up. We're paying all our bills. We're actually down to, I don't, I'm not going to give you a number, but it's the low 200000 that we owe. And I'm just, I give God all the praise and all the glory for that. He is amazing. I want you to know He'll do that for you. Wherever you find yourself. And you might be locked in your house, living paycheck to paycheck. You might have to take some uh, uh, steps. I- I've heard of different things available where you can stop the uh, mortgage hounds from knocking at your door and all that uh, until this is over. I don't understand it all yet, but you, know, you can look into that on your own if you need to. But I want you to know that we're here as your church family. And if you have a need, please go to our website, click on prayer, and put it in there. And, and that is just our prayer warriors that see that, but it helps us to know what's going on. And if we feel like we should, we'll call you or we'll email you back, however that might work out. That doesn't always happen, but we try to keep up with that. I believe this. Jesus said this. If you would have the faith the size of a mustard seed, God will do miraculous things for you. Matthew 17, 20. 
Truly, I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. God's got this, folks. Exercise that seed-sized faith. Begin praising the Lord. Give God opportunities to move. Pray and, and ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's next for my family? How can we bless others? How can we bless the community? How can we bless the church? Don't just sit there. That's the worst thing you can do. And wait for this thing to get over. Use this opportunity to draw closer to Him, to build your faith, and to be a blessing to others. As I begin to wrap this up, in just a few minutes, we're going to show this eight-minute video clip of the skit guys, and it's actually titled The Booger Monster, but we'll get there. I want to pray with you before I go. I've got this up one more time. We need to pray. We need to talk to God daily. We need to give God opportunities to move on us in our life. And that happens as we look for ways to serve others. So as we use the opportunities around us to minister to others, God will use that opportunity to pour a blessing out into you and into those around you. And then last, the praising part. Give thanks to Him, even if you don't feel like it, especially if you don't feel like it. Give the Lord thanks. Just begin, Lord, you are so worthy. Would you do that with me right now? Lord, you are so worthy. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are a marvelous Lord, a marvelous God. Lord, you own all the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and all the gold. Lord, you can provide whatever my need is. Again, reminding you of Matthew chapter 6. You told us not to worry about this day, about all the stuff that's going to come. You clothe the birds. You've created those flowers to be as beautiful as they are. And if you take such good care of them, what more will you do for your children who call you by your name? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. But you need to do that first part first. Worship Him. Lift up the name of Jesus in your homes. Pray that prayer of blessing over your homes, over our community, over our government. And hear this. When we worship the King in this way, when the church does this, the devil loses big time. When the church lives like this, the unchurched are drawn to Christ. And when the church worships the King in this way, God's blessing opens. There's an open heaven right now, and God wants to pour out blessings into your life and into your family's life. You don't have to be at church to receive this. You can receive it right at home. Would you bow your heads with me? And if, if, if you're tuned in here and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I, I don't know Jesus. I'm new to this thing and I, I just tuned in today because I had questions. Hear me, whoever you are, that God loves you and God wants all men to be saved, all women to be saved, all boys and girls to be saved. 
But you have to take a step of faith toward Him. You have to believe. You have to trust that what I'm saying to you today is truth. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So you need to make a decision for the Lord today. If you want to see change in your life, if you want God's blessings, then you need to get on your knees right where you're at right now and pray this prayer with me. Do that right now. Get on your knees if this is you. And saints all around that are listening, please pray this with us. We're a family here. Pray this, Heavenly Father, and, and say this from your heart. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my many sins. Today, on March the 22nd, 2020, I confess my sin to you and I ask you to forgive me and make me a new person. Come into my life and Lord, help me to understand you. Help me to live for you. Help me to know how to pray, how to have that conversation with you and how to praise you. I give you my life and all that I am and all that I have. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I believe God is going to meet you right where you're at. And your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which means when you go to heaven, when this heart stops beating, you're going to get to the pearly gates, and they really are giant pearls. You're going to get there and God's going to look up your name or the angel that's at the door is going to look your name up. Up, Yep, there you are because of this day. Now start living for him. Find a good church. This one's available. Right now we're all on live stream anyway. But start getting educated. Get a Bible if you don't have one or, or download one into your phone and begin reading God's word. That's what I want you to do. And for those of you who are already born again, who are already faithful to God, just keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't let your heart grow cold. We need to heat up, not get cold. We need to burn with a passion for God, not the other way. So let's not let this worldly influence cause us to step back. Rather, may we step forward and say, God, what can I do for you today? Father, we thank you again for your word. I believe it's intended to set us free. And Lord, I pray for all of those that are online today that have been listening to this message and maybe some who will watch it later, that you'll bless them, Lord, with your presence, with your glory. Give them heaven-sent ideas as they're trying to... uh, survive peacefully in their homes especially those with big families God give them what they need to make this a blessing and Lord we pray that those who have this virus that you bring healing to their bodies we pray for those in the health ministry Lord that you would keep them from getting it we pray a protective hedge around them right now We pray for those in our government that are having to continually meet with people. Lord, 
uh, keep them safe and give them wisdom beyond their years, the, the wisdom of Solomon. And Lord, I pray for your church, capital C, that we would not just hunker down and wait this out, but rather this would be a time where we would be influencers in our communities and in our world. We've got phones, we've got the internet. May we keep in contact, may we push Jesus like never before. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, that wraps up today's message. Thank you for joining us. Now, like I said at the beginning, you are now going to get a treat. This is the skit, guys. And they've entitled this skit, The Booger Monster. And, and when I watched it, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I hope, Matt, the Bible says that uh, laughter is a good medicine. And I hope it is for you today. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday at 1030 right here on the live stream. And if you need anything at all this week, we still have our phones. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Amen.